What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sports Source. We have a great show for you today. Going to be talking a lot about NBA playoff basketball. So many things, some really exciting series that just wrapped up for the conference semifinals. We are heading into the NBA conference finals for the Eastern and Western Conference. So much stuff going on. As always, let's just jump right in. So, my New York Knicks, RIP. Season ended. The Knicks, I'm telling you right now, they could have beaten the Heat. Could have taken them down. Same exact story. Ten years ago, New York Knicks, Indiana Pacers. Knicks, home corner advantage, go down game one at the Garden. Same thing happened this time. More than capable to beat the Heat without, no, without Jimmy Butler game two, but more than capable to beat them game one at the Garden. Without Julius Randle, excuse me. Could have won. Ended up stealing a game at home. Go down to Miami. Drop two. Come back home. Home court advantage. Like 10 years ago against Indiana. Won the game. However, same story. Need to go on the road. Game six. End up losing. But you know what? The games that they had 10 years ago against the Pacers. When they won, they were more dominant. The Knicks against this Heat team. They had to scrape so hard to get a lead in the game get stops, get to the line to make the free throws. They had absolutely nothing against this Heat team. And the Heat team was a playing team. They were also an eighth seed. How is this possible? How? Because Pat Riley. Pat Riley knows. He knows how to develop talent. He knows how to draft and select the right talent. Gabe Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin, all these guys. Strauss, Bam Adebayo. Signs Jimmy Butler. He knows talent. He knows what it takes. Knows the right pieces. Knows how to mold them. You know what? New York Knicks drafted R.J. Barrett. Much better playoff series. Signed Jalen Brunson, the savior of the New York Knicks this this playoff series. Julius Randle. Julius Randle, you were asleep. Asleep the entire playoffs yet again. Banged up from from the regular season, in my opinion. Never really fully healed. Some of these games, he looked in that game five when they won, he looked lethargic. His eyes were like all completely puffy and tired. Looks like he just like came off of a 15-hour bender. Unbelievable. Unbelievable and unacceptable. So, as I mentioned, Jalen Brunson, you did it all. You are a savior for the Knicks. You had multiple 20-point-plus games against the Heat this series. In the final game six, had 41 points. Needs help this summer. What are we going to do? There's so many different scenarios of what could happen. If, R- if RJ gets traded, if they trade for Lillard. There's, there's no, if you're a Knicks fan, there is no single purpose or single reason why you would trade for Damian Lillard. Damian, Damian Lillard is the point guard. Knicks have the point guard in Brunson. And they're, get, they're getting Brunson about half the cost for more production. Damian Lillard, here's the thing about Lillard too. Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard is an unbelievable, unbelievable player. One of my favorite players in the league. The only thing is this. Not only is he owed an insurmountable amount of money over the next few years, Lillard gets hurt every single season. He misses, no joke, between one and two months of the year every single year. Jalen Brunson, for the most part, had a couple stints where he missed a few games here and there, did not miss extended time didn't when he came back very consistent can shoot from three play inside great passer knows the offense well also 
the trade price for Lillard, steep is not even going to be the verb to use. The noun, verb, adjective, whatever. (laughs) No way will the Knicks have to give anywhere less than what they gave for Carmelo Anthony back 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when they traded with Denver. They would have to give up Obi Toppin quickly, possibly Barrett or a combination of those guys, minimum four to six first-round picks. Minimum to four to six-round picks. So you would potentially lose your sixth-year-in-the-making candidate in Emmanuel Quickly, your possible backup and maybe heir apparent to Randall in Obi Toppin, multiple first-round picks who the Knicks have been striking gold with lately. They got RJ. RJ had a better playoffs this year. I don't want to, I don't want to hear anyone trash RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett had a bad game six. Rest of the team did too. Don't put it all on RJ. RJ had great games, stepped up more than 20-something points a game. And also, the first quarter against the Heat in game six, he had like 10 points already. Great to free throw line, better three-point percentage. He had the bad game. Everyone did. Brunson did it all, but you know what? Can't put the blame on RJ. I know he's developing. 22 years old. 22 years old is averaging over 20-something points in the playoffs. What more do you want? He's building. We're getting better. Don't worry. Like I said, Brunson did it all. As for this summer, the one thing I would do, got to move Randall. It is now the second consecutive playoff series, uh, playoff se- uh, season with, when they made the playoffs. Two years ago, when they played, played Atlanta, Randall, same thing. Great regular season, all-star appearance, one most improved player of the year, nothing in the playoffs. This past year, I understand completely that a lot of players took a back seat in scoring because Brunson really took the reins on offense. Randall, he like diminished. He had like 18 points in the playoffs two years ago, about just over 16 this year. He's not scoring. He has great bo- a great body to post up in the paint. Decent three-point shooter. He looks completely lethargic, out of touch, lets his emotions get the best of him, argues with the ref, gives up on plays and possessions, and gives up the ball in every single crucial situation you could possibly imagine. Julius Randle, I love that you came to the Knicks. I know you had that decent free agent signing back in 2019. A few years, a couple all-star experiences, great moments you gave us at the Garden. But I have to say, it's time to move on, man, for both of us. I don't think you're handling New York well. New York, we expect excellence. Not only do we expect excellence, we expect consistency and excellence all the time. You're not showing us that, that man, especially not in the playoffs. So, so excuse me. He just lost his entire desire to play in this series, in my opinion. 18 points in 2021, just over 16 this year. You know, in tight situations, you're, give, you're giving up the ball. You're not making the plays you need to, and... He's really costing us games. Not only did not only during the playoffs, there's so many situations during the regular season too. And this is not just for this season. It's going back a, f- a few years also. So, look, RJ, he's building. Brunson, we know we have a superstar. He's only 26 years old. He's got at least close to about 10 years left in his prime. We're just signing for a contract last summer. Got to get him help. And not only that, not only do we have to bring the players to him that we know are going to complement his skills, we need to really move on from the players who are not doing that. Julius Randle, I'm sorry, man, but you're part of the problem. So, 
The Knicks fall to the Heat, and Heat will face the Boston Celtics beginning tomorrow for the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe a little bit better, but I'm going to take the Celtics, Celtics in that series. I think Tatum and Brown are just going to be too much for the for the Miami Heat. I know the Heat have a great supporting cast in addition to Butler. I think they have a little bit more of a dominant big man in Bam Adebayo over Robert Williams of the Celtics, but I'm just going to take the Celtics. They've been there before. Tatum and Brown, they they got a taste of the NBA Finals last year. They're hungry. I don't see them slowing down. Really, really don't. So, uh, Eastern Conference Finals starts tomorrow night. As for the Western Conference, so the Los Angeles Lakers have upset the defending champion Golden State Warriors. Six games in the series. And like I said on the last podcast, same exact thing I'm going to say now. Their height helped them. Height helped them. Golden State Warriors, their big man was Kevon Looney. Kevon, who the hell is Kevon Looney? Who, who, who the hell is Kevon Looney? He's been on the team for about three, four, maybe five seasons now. And they throw him out there as like their glorified center. And he's like, what, like 6'9"? He's like the same height as Julius Randle. They bring him out almost every single night. And I have to say, I see nothing. I see nothing on offense. I see nothing on defense. He's like a bench player. He averages probably about maybe four points per game, maybe six or seven rebounds. He's a ghost out there. And he kind of just stands, setting up setting up a play here and there. In my opinion, he is a wash of a center. That is a big reason why the Warriors lost. No interior game. Draymond has ups and downs, distractions. Draymond Grant, I think, might be better. For the Warriors moving forward, if they maybe move on, move on from Draymond, too inconsistent on offense. So many problems he brings a team. This whole entire drama with always getting technical fouls in tight situations, possibly facing situations of suspension because of his on-court antics, th- things he says and does, just absolutely ridiculous. You know what? It's, it's time to move on from Draymond. Steph Curry is one of the best shooters in the history of the NBA, probably top three in my opinion. I'm always going to go Ray Allen, Ray Allen one. I'm going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Shuttlesworth is number one shooter of all time. Back to Draymond Green. Draymond Green, it's time. It's time. You're holding back Steph Curry from getting that fifth ring. We want to put him on the same level as Kobe. I want to see the Warriors win again. As much as they win their homegrown team, I want to see them get another ring for Clay and uh, Steph. I know I know Clay is will, willing to take a pay cut. I don't believe Draymond's going to. He's had to take a pay cut the last like two contracts he has. So I, I don't see him doing that consecutively. I see him maybe going to someplace else. The guy won four championships. What if, what the hell else does he, does he really need to, you know, prove to himself and the rest of the league? People know he's kind of a bully, you know, causes problems. He could do that on any team, and he could get paid a substantial amount more money. So Steph Curry, I think he definitely wants to win another ring. Like I said, Clay's going to take a pay cut. I think they're going to work to get more players to come to them on maybe shorter-term deals and contracts. They re-signed Jordan Poole last year, who was a complete ghost in the playoffs this, this uh, past uh, postseason. Andrew Wiggins stepped up a little bit, but we'll see what they end up doing. So, like I said, the Lakers' size, it helped them. Their interior game with, obviously, LeBron. We know what he could do in the paint to drive. Anthony Davis with his blocking and defensive um, um, capability was completely outmatched the entire Warriors team. The same thing happened in this playoffs that happened in 2016 with the Warriors when they played the Cavs. Eventually, the shots did not fall. It happened again. They're in the uh, game six of the uh, elimination game between the between the two teams. Three-point range, Lakers shot 50%. That's incredible. The Golden State Warriors, just a low 27% from three-point range. And they have two of the greatest three-point shooters of all time in Clay and Steph. They didn't get the job done. 
So I think Steph had a monster night. He dropped like more than 40, 50 points. So regardless of that, Steph kind of had a similar kind of situation that Jalen had with the Knicks. All the offense, no help. We're in shooting well. You know, the Knicks didn't shoot well either. But regardless of that point, their size didn't help them. Their inconsistent field goal percentage didn't help them. Lakers win. Lakers are going to face the Denver Nuggets. And that is going to be a hell of a matchup. I see that going probably maybe six games. I know the big disparity. You have a one seed going against going against a play-in seed who ended up being a seven seed in the Lakers. But the size, the size difference that the Denver Nuggets um, pose to the Lakers opposed to the Golden State Warriors is nothing in comparison. Golden State had no size. They had Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney is he's like a weak small forward. Not a weak, a weak power forward in my in my opinion. Denver Nuggets, they have Jokic, who's two-time two-time MVP, great defensive presence. Michael Porter Jr., big man, can post up, shoot from the range. Aaron Gordon, former dunk champion, great, has really improved his field goal field goal percentage as well. Definitely dominate in the paint. Three big men who can dominate in the paint and also be a problem defensively. Lakers, they're gonna have the work cut out for him. Lakers also. Have a little bit of advantage, obviously, with LeBron. You know, he's could definitely ignite an offense. So can Jokic, though. Jokic cannot really ignite an offense on the defensive end, but definitely um, through his turnovers and what he can, you know, get off the dribble, he could dish out the ball like crazy. Jokic is a triple-double machine. He could get, like, no joke, about 15 points per game. And the big, big difference that the Nuggets will have over the Lakers in this series is this. Though the Lakers have a big offensive option in LeBron James, Davis is inconsistent. However, the Nuggets have them on one level. They have two. Two people who could show up offensively every night. The Lakers can too, but Jokic and Murray are more dominant than Davis and LeBron. They are. Jokic, I think he's not as a defensive presence as Davis is, but he can help the team win on two levels with assists and his points. Jamal Murray, unbelievable shooter. Those two combined are going to be a big, big problem for the Lakers. I think some of the younger talent and this, and the talent that the Lakers accumulated at the deadline, like the um, the Rui Hachimuras, obviously they had Austin Reeves already. I see them being good role players for them. I don't see them as being the difference makers lined up and matched up against the Nuggets talent to really, really have that competitive edge. Lakers opposed to Denver. Denver has Kentavious Caldwell Pope, played for Lakers for years. They've had Bruce Brown. He's played a, a fantastic series so far. They have guys who can make the plays and get stuff done. So I see that matchup being pretty good, though I do see it about going about six games. The Nuggets were not too dominant in the playoffs in the second round against the Suns. They had a 2-0 advantage over the Suns at home in Denver. Went to Phoenix and they dropped two. And obviously, you know, they one here, one there, and the one in, in Game 6 in Phoenix. However, though, Phoenix was very banged up. Chris Paul went down. DeAndre Ayton went down. So, injuries that they had, I think that was really the big difference maker. Lakers have been pretty dominant on the road. They won in Golden State. They won in Sacramento. So, I... Um, not Sacramento. They won in uh, Memphis. I'm sorry. Golden State played Sacramento. But the environment that they're used to, especially LeBron, I see that as being a little bit more of a advantage to them so that's why i'm saying that this series is probably going to go maybe six games so just kind of piggyback a little bit on golden state what's going to be next for them you know 
they could still score at a very, very high level with Clay and Steph. I don't think they're done in the slightest. I think they need either another semi-big piece or a couple little pieces like the Lakers kind of did at the trade deadline this past season. Build, big, big, build the talent around Clay and Steph. They're your scoring machines. Get them role players. Get them a little more size. They need a big man. At DeMarcus Cousins, a few years ago, he didn't get the job done. Too much of a prima donna, too much of a headache. So they need a healthy, consistent defensive presence, some more scoring options. I see Golden State being back. I don't know why. I just I always like seeing Golden State be consistent. Probably because they're a homegrown talent. They're not like a team other than the two years that they brought on KD. They kind of bought their championships. <laughs> but, the, but the two others that... Uh, Clay and Steph did win together. I really appreciate those. So I want to see Golden State get back there again. Really, really do. So could be a KD reunion. We never know. You know, he's KD's always weighing his options. He's always hopping on a uh, on an easy chance to get to a deep finals run, forcing trades. And that brings me to my next point. Karma, karma has set in. Karma had it set in for James Harden and Kevin Durant. And why? I'm going to tell you right now. James Harden, you're in Houston. You don't you don't want to play anymore. You give up on the team. You become out of shape. You become you become lethargic. You st stop showing up for practices. You force a trade to Brooklyn. You want to Philly. You want to Philly, but you get sent to Brooklyn with pro arguably probably in the top five greatest scorers of all time in Kevin Durant, your former teammate in Oklahoma City, get paired with Kyrie Irving, a head case above all means. However, though, Kyrie Irving is a problem on the basketball court. Probably the best handles in the NBA since Allen Iverson. Get paired with Kyrie, get paired with Kyrie and KD. What happens? Give up. Implode. Lethargic. Non-responsive. I don't want to play. Give up on the team. Force away to Philly. You completely rip off. I don't know how the hell Philly got this better end of the bargain trade. You completely rip off in shipping James Harden. To Philly for Ben Simmons, who has not played a freaking minute the past, like, two seasons. Mental health, whatever. Ben, get it together, man. Go to therapy, whatever you got to do. But it's like, play. You get paid, like, $36 million a year. You're not even shooting a free throw. Mother of God. So, that being said, it's karma, James, James Harden. You know why? Because, yet again, you failed in the playoffs. You're always preaching about... I read the article on Slam Magazine, James. You were all pissed that you weren't selected in an All-Star game this year. And you know what? Your trainer, your very trainer said... You know what? Let your game do the talking. Not your trainer, your agent. Your agent said, let your game do the talking. And you know what? It talked. It said nothing. You said nothing, James. You, you completely, completely disappointed the Sixers, fans, and yourself in the playoffs yet again. Fell short. Yeah, like 14 points, 10 points. You're this all-time scoring champion for so many different seasons. Nothing. You show nothing, James. You prove to yourself that you crumble under pressure. Terrible on defense in tight situations. And when it comes time to really lead your team, you want nothing to do with the process. And you know what? I see you going back to Houston because they have a nice young team building up. And I see you kind of taking advantage of that, maybe riding the bus to get like another um, chance at not an easy ring, but just to show yourself that you're the star again because you never want to be put in a position where you need to be proved that you have to prove that you're the leader. Not the case, James. This is karma. You get lost in this. You get bounced in the second round again. Losing the playoffs again. This is karma. You rip, you, rip, you rip apart franchises, fans, teams away from their favorite players. This is karma, James. It's karma. Who else do I have karma for? KD. You know why, KD? Because you go to Golden State, I'm, and I am a big, 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 big advocate and supporter of KD's decision to go to Golden State in 2016. 
The guy couldn't get it done in Oklahoma City. Russell Wells, Russell uh, Westbrook and him never had anything but problems. Bad communication, etc. Goes to Golden State, wins the two rings. I'm not chirping at that at all. He wants to win. You want to go to a big company to make more money? Why? Who am I to tell you you can't do that? So you know what? Goes to Golden State and wins. Then he goes to Brooklyn in 2019. I knew in a million seasons he would never come to the Knicks. Knicks went through like six head coaches in seven seasons. That's like buying a ticket to the Titanic. Who the hell would ever jump on that boat? Nevertheless, you go to Brooklyn. You force Brooklyn's front office to trade for James Harden. Give away like 9,000 first-round picks. Give DeAndre Jordan, who has been done in the NBA for probably the past seven seasons, about $10, $12 million a year. Sign Kyrie Irving. Allow Kyrie Irving to put up with all of his BS. Didn't show yourself as a leader. Didn't get your team in line. And what do you do? What do you do when Kyrie wants to leave? Because Kyrie's beyond unstable. You're forced to trade too. You signed a two, they gave you $200 million, every single thing you could have asked for, asked for. And now you are given a chance. You are given a chance to step up, be a leader, lead your team past the, uh, the difficult rounds of the um, Philadelphia 76ers that you were lined up against. What do you do? I want to be out. I want a chance to play for a team where I don't have to be a leader. I don't have to be a leader. I don't have to be anything. And what do you do? What do you do? Nothing. In the games where you need to step up more because of the injuries to Chris Paul and DeAndre Eden, you did nothing. This is karma. This is karma, KD. This is karma. I know you want your chance at an easy ring because you don't want to be a leader, but you know what? You know what? I'm not going to chirp at you for Golden State. I'm not. I am going to chirp at you for your move to Phoenix. You got traded there. You pushed Bridges out. And Bridges, during the game, I remember the first game when he was with the Nets, he wasn't suited up yet. He wasn't eligible yet to play. But courtside, the reporter said, how do you feel about this? You know, you've spent a lot your whole career so far in Phoenix. He's like, I get it. He gets it because KD, KD does want to be a leader. And he needs an easy chance to kind of hide in the shadows of other, other people to do the job that he's not willing to do. KD, this is karma. You blow up how many teams with the Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, all your different trades, who can, who can't play here. And what do you do? You get sent over to Phoenix, don't get the job done. This is karma. This has been an amazing show. Thank you for listening to my rants. <laughs> I cannot wait to do a preview in a couple days. Again, we're going to recap the Eastern Conference Finals that are beginning tomorrow. The Western Conference Finals begin tonight. We're going to have some great series. Western Conference Finals, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, Eastern Conference Finals, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. Going to be a great series. Thanks so much for everyone listening. This is The Sports Source.